Hi, and welcome to PowerNap. My name is John Walden, and I run the Walden Agency. On the pod, we'll be exploring a range of topics relevant to freelancers, agencies, and entrepreneurs in the tech and creative spaces. Welcome back for part two of my conversation with Spencer Ingram. Yeah, you know, money does matter. You know, I think there's like a, a narrative like, no, you can bootstrap, you can you can do all this work. I'm like, oh yeah, bootstrappers, if you, they'll tell you honestly, like they had some good savings, you know, or they have a spouse that has a great income. Like it's not right. like they just sort of are quitting and have nothing. Like if that matters. Right, and you, or, or the speed to market. Speed to market. Uh, it's much slower. Yeah, because they're they're really truly if they are really truly bootstrapping and don't have some outside support as you just described, then it's like instead of taking one year to get where they need to be, it takes three years. It takes five years because they just yeah, we're not bootstrapping a rocket company in Durango. You know, <laughs> but it's also the same thing is true for a cookie company in Grand Junction. Yeah, you know, and, and I have this notion that cookies, cookie companies, and, and co-working software are actually the same on day one. You know, if you're not a company, you're just people with an idea and a notion and insight and a little bit of courage and luck. And if we can increase the luck at that on day one and uh -huh. go from zero to one dollar, uh -huh. the practices that the cookie company and the coverage software are going to take in that space are the same. Uh -huh. De-risking that what they put into it, the time and the money uh -huh. and what it takes to say this is viable, definitely much closer. And and I'll pair that with the fact that you know, we live in a digital economy now. There's no, there's no way around it. Yeah. So the cookie company can be elevated and amplified by that digital economy. That is the, the characteristic of our time, right? That Main Street is, uh, is digitized. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Look at, look at Instagram, you got my cookie dealer, they have 300,000 fans. And they they do cookie drops the way like Nike drops shoes, you know. Like, this is the new cookie. It's like one cookie that you can buy that day. Yeah. Well, they sell out, right? They don't have a storefront. They yeah. don't have a you know Main Street retail location. Yeah. And that's a very resilient model that is quickly iterating on the market, on the recipes, uh, and and they started with a readily available smartphone app. So um, we talked a little bit about. Making bets. We've oh, yeah. been talking about that. How can you know we, we? Let's talk about right now public funding. How can what's the state of rural entrepreneurship in your opinion? And how can public funding uh, become better at at making you know at helping? You've talked a little bit about that zero to one. But, you know, the yeah. one to the one to hundred is probably the next phase after that, right? Right. And the, and the thing is, there's a lot of support in one to one hundred. There's a lot of support once you're in market, when you have customers, you have revenue that you can, you can uh, uh, lever against, you know? Right, right. Uh, so the, it's, it's that early stage and it's really that top of the funnel. You know, if you want more businesses in market, you gotta be loading the top of the funnel. You gotta pull that open. And that's when it's, it's really tenuous. You know, it's, they, they have a higher risk of failure uh, for yeah. every number of reasons. We yeah. have this, you know? Yeah. So we got we got to bet on those folks if we want more out of the bottom because a lot of our support systems are focused closer to the exit of the funnel you know or closer to like that mid space where like you've already got some customers you can get a loan from a bank um, and that's a that's great we need that and more uh, but the hard thing about capital allocation right now and you don't have to take my word for this Coffin Foundation has been researching this for years they got um, you know amazing initiatives out around trying to solve for this diversifying the types of capital. The issue is that 
right now, the types of capital, how you access it are very uh, narrow. The requirements that, that you have to meet to get that capital are very narrow. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it tends to overlook entire you know, communities uh, of entrepreneurs, especially in rural. The geography is one of their big key issues around like where capital flows and how it flows. It's not flowing rural in the same way as other communities, mm-hmm. not surprisingly. Uh, and so like the, there's just, that's right. We go into multiple podcasts on just those issues, mm-hmm. but you can take Coffin's word for it. And so what do we, what can we do about it out here? You know, we fund a world through town. That's crowd equity. That's a pretty interesting new model, revenue-based financing, uh, changing the way you think about the requirements to access loans or capital, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's debt or equity-based, yep. you know, uh, it, it, it's really hard if, if you know, I, if I go from a city where, you know, professionals are making 100,000 plus, 150K, they step out to start a business, they, they can put capital towards that. They right. have savings. Right. You know, if, they, if you're here in rural, you may be capped out early. You're just as talented. You're just, you have different sets of insights to leverage, but you have, it, you don't have that same, that same savings to lean on, you know, or you, you, you yeah. You know, we think about entrepreneurship here more as people trying to make it work. They're trying to make it work here. You know, they're trying yeah. to like make a living. Yeah. And, and, and they don't necessarily have another thing to fall back on necessarily. So it's a very different uh, perspective and mindset, you know, when, from the start, from the top of the funnel. And I think that I don't have answers necessarily about how to get it, but I think if we focus deliberately and, and intently on widening that funnel, solving some of the capital allocation issues, then you're going to ultimately create more density. So, I mean, I think, you know, you pointed to things like, um, you know, some of the things you mentioned reminds me of like Clear, Clear Bank, which mm-hmm. uses, uh, you know, subscription revenue, you know, you basically bank, you're right. basically leveraging your subscription revenue to raise funds. Um, there's also Pike, there's a number yeah. of, but they're all- um, Very SaaS oriented. Well, yeah, that, yes, but they're also in that, you know, the, the there's we're still talking about a a VC environment, venture capital yeah. environment, and venture capital very tied to tech, SaaS, software, technology, yeah, printing tech, you know, like things that are software driven. What if you're a service company? Right. What if you're a service company? What if and, and also we're at you know like you know say for me for example I could see a path to growth for me and. Uh, you know, as I was starting a business, um, it's that first 50,000. That's right. Yeah. Right. It's that first 70,000 that gets me from flat footed to really focused only on the business, which is where my focus needs to be, especially if I'm getting support. Yeah. Totally 100%, instead of it being a side hustle, the side, you know, a scourge of side hustles. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, gives me the runway I need to get to the place where I can turn around and either repay that loan or yeah or um, uh, start paying out profit to that uh, you know like profit allocation to that investor right right you know it's like it's it, it's not available yeah 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 <laughs> and, you, know, it's, it, you, know, you know right we, if you have a pulse you can get a student loan right <laughs> but if you want to like make a living for yourself you know, it's an uphill battle. And I'm not, I'm not saying that money solves everything, but I think no. we can't overlook how critical it truly is at the top of the funnel. Yeah, and, and also jobs are created by more than software companies. Absolutely, yeah. Right, you know, 
we have, you know, there's been, um, I just thought they started a task force, um, you know, government task force to explore uh, onshoring manufacturing in critical in industries. What is it? Um, semiconductors, large capacity batteries, pharmaceuticals, rare earth elements would feed all that, right? Yeah, it's an all economic that. security issue. Right, it's an economic security issue. But you're talking about revitalizing manufacturing in this country. Well, manufacturing is a totally different model, totally different risk profile, totally different way you de-risk it, totally different way you uh, the 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 exit looks, yeah. you know, and how far down the road it is. Uh, you know, we we've got to solve this for what's present now. Right. Right. I mean, I think yes, software is going to continue to quote Mark Anderson, eat the world, but you know, that's there's a well-established ecosystem around that. Yeah. Right. So where's the where's the new territory? Because VC didn't exist, right? Prior to semiconductors, right? The way we, the classic what we see as VC now started then. Right. And so what's our go forward way of funding businesses? When we talk about um, and you mentioned before friction. Um, and my perspective, and I, I don't think this is, a, you know, like first pattern or, or new, my perspective is, uh, you know, and, and Amazon's a great example of the commodity side. When you have a commodity or a product, you want to decrease friction. Yeah. Right. As much as possible between the, you know, in, in terms of the purchase, right. So you want to make it easy as possible to purchase the thing. Um, when you're in a service business, you want to, increase friction so you can narrow so you can make sure that the fit is good right so you have a double thank you at the end of the thing right where where i mean if we apply that to capital allocation where is the uh places where the friction is um maybe holding us back oh yeah these are our questions uh you know, and, and it, all, all of this, you know, I'd be talking over my own head, right? You know, it's like, I'm not an expert in any of these things. Yeah, but... and, and, I, and like disclaimer, right? Part of the reason we're having this conversation is I'm curious. Yeah. I'm not informed. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't come from a place of like a deep knowledge and what VC is like. Or I, like I know enough to be dangerous and to ask questions. And yeah. that's where we, I mean, to me, that's where the space. Yeah, I think it, there has to be a way of, of creating you know, we'll go back to innovation, uh, for lack of a better word, in capital allocation. You know, we had the opportunity zones that were created for, as a tax incentive uh, mechanism. And it, from my perspective, a lot of those work extremely well uh, now to allocating capital. Maybe not across the country equally. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got a buddy that has a fund and, uh, you know, it seems to be going really well. Like it's just project after project. Uh, now a lot of that is rolling towards real estate. Um, and that tends to be, have some uh, additional tax advantages. Um, it also tends to have, you know, a set of investors who are familiar with that industry. They, they, that's what they do. That's how they allocate their capital. So that's not entirely new, uh, but the notion of the, the mechanism, you know, what, what things have we put in place that are helping capital change the way they think about deployment, um, where they deploy it, what they get what the return models look like as a result of some kind of uh, tax or other incentives. Um, I think we have to create the conditions for that innovation to happen. You're seeing a little bit um, in like revenue-based financing, 
in um, what might be otherwise traditionally venture capital funds. Um, they, they're starting to intersect with this notion of patient capital. Um, so the returns may be less over longer periods, but they're investing in a type of entrepreneur that the LPs, which may be even unaccredited investors now, if you have kind of an equity, um, uh, crowd equity format. So mm -hmm. all, there's all these pieces that are starting to overlap and we just need more of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I spent a couple of years deploying capital that was debt and equity free because it was coming from very large corporate philanthropy organizations or even just private uh, high net worth individuals. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to solve problems where there just wasn't capital flowing or uh, the capital allocation was difficult to, to access. Mm -hmm. You know, these are issues around education, environment, healthcare, uh, right. those sorts of topics, it, you know, which it, we dive into them, there are sections are just, or areas are just being overlooked, you know, mm -hmm. um, but like a little bit of like basically a free capital can activate a forest fire of, of uh, energy and, and initiative. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's almost the activation energy that's required. Right. So there's that model, right? Like let's go get um, a couple big philanthropies some, and some state dollars and let's put, you know, $10 million on it. You know, this year and say, we're going to run a bunch of challenges, you know, get, get to zero to one. Here's some of the major issues that we see mm -hmm. on the Western floor. Mm -hmm. um, you know, here's some capital that's debt and equity free. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I, I recently heard of an environmental uh, a, a guy I follow. He um, is a VC. He did a, his, his organization or a couple of consortium of organizations did a challenge for, um, climate change companies right. and they had they put it out there they had 800 applicants they picked uh 100 finalists out of that they put money behind um 25 companies mm -hmm. yeah right which will which will oftentimes and if you look at x prize and other big challenge models and i, I worked in the space it, it it generates magnitudes more follow-on capital yeah, like 10x or more. Yeah, yeah because, because this group of people, you know, not only did they give them money, but they filtered. They've yes. already done the work for the other capital. They're like, that's right. Like, yes. I don't have to listen to those 800 people. These guys got picked. Yes, it just it gets them over that initial hump. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, you look at uh, Buffalo, New York. They have, um, this is, I guess, about a decade ago now, when they started, it was the country's largest startup pitch competition. Wow. And and it I think still is. And that flag still stands. And and it is this this past month they had a big portfolio exit, you know, that's gonna dump millions of dollars back into their fund. And that that money that they get each year, it's five million dollars. They dole it out to just a handful of winning companies, uh, which makes it really attractive. They can get really attractive the best is the theory, the thesis uh yeah. Buffalo New yeah. York showcase Buffalo, get them to stay there, hire there, and it's $5 million. Yeah, okay, well, not everybody here needs at the top of the funnel, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. They just need that five to 50, you know, range. Yeah. yeah. Like five million is a long way when you're writing those checks. Right. Right. Well, that money comes almost exclusively from the state, you know, as an economic development initiative, huh. you know, and then they got some other sponsors to help with operational costs and everything, but that's a really powerful signal. There's no reason we can't do something like that here. Right. Because again, it, it's spinning, it's the signal, it spins the, the flywheel up, 
starts to attract more entrepreneurs, tells them what they can work on, gets them from zero to one, and that density starts to increase, and that culture changes, you know, regardless of the size of your community. Right. So, so I guess there's two things I want to touch before we stop. One is, so lots of interesting ideas, thoughts, you know, I know you're working on some things. Where's the best, what's the best thing that we can do to shift the conversation about how capital is allocated? Wow, that, that is absolutely the question I should be thinking about. How do, how, do you, how do you throw that seed in the ground that turns into the, you know, the buffalo, a way of thinking of capital differently? You know, I don't think I have an answer for that, you know, Great. but yeah. I think that's the question I should be thinking about. Yeah, how do we well, shift the conversation around, you know, like, again, I have ideas, mm-hmm. but how do we shift the conversation and how do we make that? Um, I, I, honestly, I think we could take a, make a while of that. Like, you know, say that we're going to do, a, a, you know, a number of WeFunder uh, companies, mm-hmm. you know, that locally, we're going to get them on WeFunder, we get that started, we're going to say, like, Let's do that and let's just see how people respond, what the what conversation that generates. You know, I'm not saying we should, that's the answer, but I think part of what generates conversation is just doing something. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, and in in that is contrarian or that puts it, it puts it in opposition to the status quo. Right. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Do something in opposition to what we normally assume is the way to do it and succeed. And that's that little pat on the flywheel. And then do that again. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, the bar for success is pretty low. And that's the, yeah. we don't have to be. Right, right. Honestly, and I, don't think, I don't even think we have to succeed. I mean, we can just, the fact that we try, you know, is, is, is a message that we need to try. Yeah. Like we, if we didn't have to, if things were okay, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. We yeah. wouldn't be trying one of these ideas. Yeah, yeah, cool. I like that. So I'm going to end I with, I want to tell you a story. And this kind of goes to the, how do we think differently? Um, I, I recently ended up in a, uh, a, 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 I was getting a car service from LaGuardia to my dad's place in Connecticut. Uh, he's in a assisted uh, living in Connecticut. And um, the guy who was driving me was actually the guy who owns the part of company, right? And we were talking about a lot of things. He's a very interesting guy. He talked about, you know, his business, et cetera, et cetera. He also apparently is a, um, somebody who does day trading in crypto. Okay. Right? And so we talked a, a, like a good while about cryptocurrency. And obviously blockchain crypto is kind of the, where the, you know, we're, we're out there battling the dragons. And, you know, like it's, it's, it's the edge of reality kind of stuff, right? And the thing that came up for me is, and it relates back to the entire conversation we've had today, the thing that relates to me as where I'd like to just like drop this question into the pool. If the focus we have right now on crypto is as money, mm-hmm. right? On, on, on cryptocurrency, on Bitcoin, things like that, is as money, as a as a vehicle for uh, um, conservation and exchange of value. Yeah, okay. I'm curious to 
to see what the white space is. You know, you just kind of think, well, it's already revolutionary enough, but where, what actually does that potential, how does that change? Uh, I don't even know where the space is out of that, but how does that change the way we think about the conservation and exchange of value? Just that, or how we, like, do I have to actually pay you, right? Here's your check, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or do I give you a position? Right, right. <laughs> right, like, how does that, you know, like, do we take a bet together on the future of this investment, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, like, all of these things, like, we need to look at capital that way. We need to look, we're looking that way at business, right? We're looking back, going back to the beginning of the conversation, we're looking at things that way. What's the white space around work? Right. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a conversation of labor versus capital, uh -huh. and like in which which one you're able to, to participate in. Um, it's based on the abstract, but like you know, most of us participate in the labor side of the economy. You know, uh -huh. not, you know, you buy a house and you have you know an asset. You put certain state, You're moving towards that capital side of the economy. You have the ability to grow uh, your wealth without labor. Mm -hmm. And that is a massive divide around uh, what people are able to access, grow their wealth, um, educate themselves, every, I mean, it really fundamentally yeah. comes down to yeah. which ones you're able to participate in. Yeah. And I think that this conversation starts to, this notion you're landing on is it's starting to figure out how they maybe bleed together or how they evolve and, I don't know how labor becomes more like capital. Well, I mean, right there, right? What if, because labor, you know, labor in that model looks at hours work. Yes. Yeah. Right. So it's an output focus. Yeah. Right. Whereas the remote work shifts you to the place where you really need to talk about the value produced. Right. Yeah. Right. right. And the value produced is the same. If yeah. you can, if you can um, turn that into a number, yeah. Right. The same way in which the value of your house increases, the value of your labor increases over time. Right. Right. Not the value, not like I'm paying you more per hour. Right. But the value of the company has increased because in of the labor I put yeah. into it. A hundred times more than the price of my labor. Right. Yeah. How come right. I don't I get to share in that? Yeah. Yeah. So the value, like talking more about the less about output and more about value created. Totally with you on this. Yeah. I mean, it's why like a lot of my work shifted from doing client work, you know, re in recent years to how do I build small companies as assets? Yeah. You know, that I, the upside is what I get to keep <laughs> uh, or, or do what I want with. And then as opposed to working with a client, I get hired on and I'm there for a week or two or a couple months, but then their outputs are, you know, hundreds of thousands of times told you know right uh, okay so we're going to stop here yeah, on yeah, yeah. That, and we're going to come back to that on a later conversation thank you so much mm -hmm. man for joining me awesome conversation as always yeah brother talk to you soon